Amen. Good morning, New Vintage. Hey, band, thank you. Thank you. Can we thank them for leading us in praise that way this morning? And I'll just tell you, I don't get to sit right here kind of down in the front and listen to God's people praise uh, like this this morning. I just want to say thank you for uh, bringing your sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord today. Uh, I think that that brings him great honor and, and glory. Uh, and so thank you for encouraging my spirit as well. Uh, I, we have a special treat today, and I want to go ahead and invite Carlos Sazaga to come up here. Um, we're in what's called harvest season here uh, at NBC. Uh, and I don't know what it's been now, four or five years. Go ahead and come on our way out so everybody can, can see your smiling face. Um, I met this man, and he was interested in, in starting a church. And so I remember we met uh, for breakfast, and uh, he came in, he was wearing a weird hat. And I said, hey, tell me about that hat. And he, uh, I'd never met him before. And he tells me this story about being at a street fair and somebody selling hats and how he, he sat there and they, they struck up a conversation and started to, to get to know each other and uh, how they started talking about God and everything like that. And I, I thought to myself, as I looked across the table from him, uh, God's put that, that evangelism spark in this man to reach people for Jesus, which is really, if you're going to start a new church, that's got to be there. If that's not there, forget it. Uh, you got you got no chance of being successful. God's just not going to bless it. That's the point. The church is reaching people for Jesus and then discipling them and helping them grow into maturity in Christ. And um, and then the next test I kind of thought about was kind of if you, the other thing you got to have is resilience. You got to be able to be tough. Uh, you can't. Uh, it, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. Planting a church can be pretty discouraging occasionally. Absolutely. Yes. So so he. And Gina, his wife, and his kids uh, move across the country uh, downtown. So they're down, uh, give them the exact corner you guys are on downtown. Right now we're on 13th and G. Okay, 13th and G. So as you know uh, where that is, um, down in the, kind of toward the Gas Lamp District slash East Village uh, kind of area there uh, to, to start a church. That's tough soil right there. Okay, guys, that's tough soil. So they, they show up, they move uh, down to some tough soil, they weather covid uh, they're doing great. I've been blessed, and our church has been a part of, of helping Luminous City Church uh, get off the ground and support them and encourage them and cheer for them and pray for them. Uh, and so part of harvest season, I thought, man, this is way overdue. We, I, I wanted to get you in, then COVID hit. We were trying to get Carlos to come in and preach. He's a gifted preacher and communicator, but, but most importantly, I feel like uh, he's a man of God. That's really qualification number one for being a pastor. You, you've got to be God's person. And so uh, I want to pray for this man and then let him encourage you uh, with the word of God today. Um, and, uh, so, so, and then let me just encourage you to do this. Uh, you'll get stuff in the mail about the, the Harvest Campaign or you can do it today. Uh, we're looking for $50,000 above and beyond normal giving by the end of the year to help support an increase in our outreach ministries budget uh, to meet the normal budget, but then also go beyond that this year. So be prayerful about that. And then also add Luminous City Church to your prayer list and pray for them. Pray that God would bring increase and, and holy prosperity uh, to them and that they would continue to be a light down there uh, in, that, in that place. I think of them every time I'm down there going to a Padre game. Go Padres is a big day for us, okay. And they're down there. They're down there uh, right by me. I drive in, and I'm like, first thing that pops into my mind is, is, is Luminous City. Well, let me pray for you, brother, and then take it away, my good man. Let's do it. Uh, Father, I thank you so much for the friendship and the partnership and the gospel that, uh, that you've blessed me with, with the Asazaga family. Uh, thank you, Father, for what they mean to our church, for what they mean to the city of San Diego, and for the courage to take on a difficult task. Uh, Father, we, we praise you. 
uh, for them. And we pray, Father, for encouragement. We pray for stamina and strength and resilience and the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, uh, now that as he brings your word, uh, that you would bless him. Father, give us open ears and hearts and minds uh, this morning. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, welcome, Carlos Osazaga. Give my hand, right. folks. It, it sounds like maybe half of you are awake right now, like about half of you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, we do this at our church. Right, you don't have to move anywhere, but just right where you are, just stand up and just fist bump somebody. Give somebody a high five. Tell them good morning. Tell them they look great. Come on, church. Tell them, they, tell them hey, I'm glad you made it this morning. Glad you made it. You look great. All right, good deal. Hey, so, uh, so, so as Tim said, uh, as he was introducing me, uh, your, 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 your role, your, your relationship, your partnership with our church has been an amazing partnership ever since the start. From the beginning of, of my wife and kids moving from the East Coast here uh, back in the summer of 2017 uh, till now weathering COVID and, and all of that, just as Tim said, I mean, we couldn't, have, uh, uh, we couldn't be doing what we're doing now. We couldn't have been able to launch if it wasn't for the generosity, for the love, uh, for the prayers, for the friendship that your church has uh, just so generously given my family and our church. So I just want to say thank you, church. Thank you for being the church here in this city and, uh, and being part of a movement, really, that wants to see more churches in our city. You know, our, our city is the best city in the world. Man, come on, y'all don't believe that this morning. Our city is the best city in the world. Yeah, come on. Uh, and and it's, it's a, it's a, I love L.A. as well. I've lived in Miami, New York, uh, Houston. I lived in a lot of cities. Uh, but I, I'm telling you that nothing beats San Diego. Uh, with close to 4 million people, maybe, maybe uh, over 4 million by now. Who knows, that was a couple years ago. Uh, and only 4% of those 4 million people claiming any kind of Christian faith and claiming that they're part of any kind of church, that's a small number. Uh, I'm not a math person, but that's a small number. And so the way you reach more people uh, is, is you reach more people, right? You got to do what you got to do what you got to do to reach more people. And part of that is starting new churches in different places to reach more people. And so we're in a pocket of our, of our city, right in the heart uh, of our city, right in downtown. And I know what you're thinking right away. You're like, oh, man, there's a lot of homelessness in downtown. Absolutely, there's a lot of homelessness in downtown. Um, but, you know, th that's not all of downtown. And, yes, there's the Padres in downtown. But if you haven't been by downtown or in downtown lately, you'll notice there's a lot of construction happening. You'll notice there are a lot of buildings. you notice that there are a lot of people that live in downtown. It's not just a place for homeless people. There are a lot of people in those uh, sky rises. There's a lot of people living in those condos. And, and so the total population of, of downtown San Diego, of just metro, uh, excuse me, downtown, not metro. Metro is 1.3 million. Downtown is about 37,000 people. And so there are a lot of people to reach in that pocket, in the heart of the city. And that's where God has called us. And so we're, we're super pumped, super excited what God's been doing. I want to ask you to do this. Write this, write this down. I'm going to get to my message here shortly. Uh, because I, I, I want you guys to, to know 
what, what your generosity is doing for the lives of people in downtown. You, you guys good with that? I want you to write this down. Get your, get your, get your phone out. Get your iPad out. Um, open up Safari for you Google people. I don't know what you open up. Uh, you know, I don't know. Google has some kind of, I don't know. Anyway, okay. Uh, I'm not biased in any way. It's okay. It's all good. Uh, I'm going to try to make you laugh this morning a little bit, okay? Some of you are like right now, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's this. Our services don't start till 1045. And, and, and so maybe it's too early. I don't know. Uh, but, but, but here it is. Go to, go to luminouscitysd.org forward slash heart for the house. All one word, heart for the house. I want you to go on there, save that page, okay, save that page, and then maybe later... Go down there, scroll, and you're, you're going you're gonna to listen to and watch four stories of people's lives who, who have been changed, who have been changed by our church, who have been changed by, um, by us being in that pocket of our city. You're going to be able to get to see what, what, what your generosity, what your partnership has done to impact our church and the heart of the city. Because uh, a lot of times being up here, you're about 30 minutes away or so, and, and it could be so distant. But, but you need to know what's happening in downtown through our church. And we're not the only church. We've got a great network of churches in that area. And we're just all working together to try to reach people, right? Because that's what it's about. That's what it's about. I don't know about you, but um, we had a few weeks ago where it was really hot. Did you get some heat up here? Some crazy heat. It was crazy hot. It was just, it was, listen, I've lived in Miami. It gets crazy hot in Miami because it's real muggy. Um, but it was close to that crazy hot. It was really hot. And, and so a lot, of, a lot of things here in San Diego, you know, a lot of homes don't have air conditioning, right? Uh, because we just don't need it most of the time. So the home, uh, our home doesn't have air conditioning. And so we were feeling it. And, and I don't think I've ever drank more cold water uh, than I drank during those two weeks. Um, it was, uh, I must have gained a lot of water weight. Uh, I, maybe that's, yeah, I'm trying to lose it right now. But, but, but it, was, it was just so, so hot. And it reminded me, it reminded me of a time when, when, I, was, when I was a kid. It, I was a kid in, growing up in Miami. We would play football just like out on the street. We'd just go play football, baseball, and, and just have a good time. And after we got done playing in, in like 100-degree weather, it's like 80% humidity, super hot. I remember we, we used to go to 7-Eleven. Love 7-Eleven. How many of you like 7-Eleven? I like 7-Eleven. I like, come on. You guys, are, I got some people clapping for 7-Eleven. That's awesome. I don't know if I love 7-Eleven that much, but it's all good. Maybe you own a 7-Eleven. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, it's all good. So we, we would go and, and we would all storm 7-Eleven and we're picking up candy. We're picking up chips because it's like we just finished playing. We're about to go play another game. So we're fueling up. And I remember I, 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 our go-to was the big gulp. You know what I'm talking about? Like the big, it's, it's, it's just like a huge bucket, man. And we just filled that thing up. And my go-to was either Mountain Dew or Dr. Pepper. Terrible for you. Terrible. Uh, and, and so I would just, man, just one of those things. And I, I'd gulp that thing down so fast because I was so thirsty. So thirsty. But little, little did I realize that uh, after drinking that and I would go back out and go play again, that that big gulp really wouldn't do anything for my thirst. It wouldn't do anything for my thirst. As a matter of fact, 
what I really needed was some water. All I needed was just a bottle of water to quench my thirst. And I think here's what I'm trying to get at this morning. I'm going to talk to you about, uh, about this topic, thirst trap, okay, thirst trap. I think a lot of us fall into a thirst trap that we get thirsty, we get thirsty for something, but we, we first, we go to what, what we see first or we go with, with what is going to taste better first when we know we really need the water instead of the Mountain Dew. We really need the water instead of whatever else, fill in the blank. And here's what I'm getting at. I think coming out of two years of COVID, we've got a lot of, a lot of thirsty people. We're all thirsty. Every, I mean, I'm just going to ask you, I, I'm like interactive here. Are you, are you thirsty? And I'm not talking about for water, but, but you're feeling the exhaustion, the fatigue of the last couple of years. You've lost maybe loved ones. You've lost relationships. You've lost jobs. You've lost money. You've had to relocate. You're tired. Do you feel thirsty today? It's okay to say yeah. Listen, at our church, we're just straight up real deal. You know, it's okay for you to say, yeah, I'm tired today, pastor. Yeah, I'm thirsty today. And, and here's the thing. Most of us are coming in into this new season of life, going through a season of thirst. And now we're coming in, but we're, we're reaching for the thing that's not going to quench our thirst. It's not. And so I want you to remember this. Your thirst will be quenched by what you drink first. It will. And hopefully what I'm trying to get at this morning is that you will reach for some water before you reach for some of the other stuff. And I, here's what I'm noticing. I don't know about you. Here's what I'm noticing. I'm noticing our society. I'm noticing our culture. I'm noticing our city. I'm noticing our church coming out of a season that's been, it's been a desert, Right? And, and we're coming out, but everybody's reach, everybody's trying to rebuild their life and they're thirsty, but we're reaching for some of the things that aren't going to quench our thirst. Hey, listen, I love me a good Padres game, but, but check it out. Like, like, like you, you, you having fun at the Padres isn't going to get you through this season of life and prepare you for the next season. See, because here's the thing that I look at. I look at houses of faith. I look at churches like this one. I look at our church. I look at many churches around the world. And they say church attendance is in decline. And it just causes me to wonder, what are people, what are people processing in their mind? That in this season that I'm coming out of, in the time where I need to be rebuilding, I'm rebuilding on something that's maybe not so firm. It's not going to get me through the next pandemic. Listen, I, I see packed stadiums. I see packed nightclubs. I see packed restaurants. I see all, and, and nothing against those things. Please, I love me a good meal. I love me a good Padres game. And even my wife likes the salsa. I love me a good nightclub and go, go dance with my wife. But that's not going to get me through my next season of life. And so what's your thirst trap? Like what, what is it that you're thirsty for and that you find yourself going for and, you, and you're still thirsty? I'm getting more of this and I think this is what, what, what I'm expecting to get out of this, but I'm not being fulfilled. I'm not being, I'm not being filled. And here's the thing. I, here's what I want to say. There are a few things that you and I thirst in a big way. 
And that's purpose. That's meaning in life. That's you having a, 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 a mission for your life. Let me ask you this question. Do you feel like you have purpose in your life today? Do you feel like you have a mission in your life today? Are you fulfilled right now, today, right there sitting in that comfortable seat here in this amazing theater? Do you feel like you are fulfilled? Think about it. Because this is, this is what I want to unpack with you today. And I, here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the book of Jonah. I'm looking at that clock. It looks like I only have 12 minutes left. Okay, let's get to it. We're, we're going to go into Jonah. All right, you guys, you guys good with Jonah? All right, go ahead and turn to Jonah chapter 1. That's in the Old Testament. That's in the first half of the Bible. Jonah's a story about this, this guy who God asked him to, to go and preach to some people that he really didn't like. He really did not want to go preach to them. Okay. I don't think we have any scriptures up top, so I think you're gonna you're flying solo on this one, okay? Jonah chapter one, say amen when you're there. We got two people in the Bible. Awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> it's good. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Jonah chapter one. Here we go. All right. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read a little bit for you, but I'm mainly gonna be in Jonah chapter one, verses four through six. And then verses 12 to 16. And so you got this guy. It, God asked him to go preach to some people that he didn't like. He says, no way, Jose. I ain't going. As a matter of fact, I'm going to catch a boat and I'm going to Spain. I'm going to go catch me some of the bull run and I'm going to get me some good food. But I'm not going to Nineveh to preach to those people. You ever felt that? Like God's put it on your heart. Like, hey, you, need, you really need to pray for that person. Go over there and tell them that you've been praying for them. Go over there, invite them to church. And you're like, man, I'm not going. They talk bad about me. They said this about me on Facebook. I'm canceling them. Yeah, man, Jonah had just canceled Nineveh, a whole city of people. He's like, unfriend. And he took a boat to Spain. And here's what I want to say. The further you get from God the further you're going to get from your calling in life. The further you get from God, the further you're going to get from your purpose in life. The closer you move towards God, it's, it's kind of like that. You ever played the game warmer, colder? Hey, warmer, warmer. The closer you get to God, the warmer you're going to get into finding your, your purpose, your meaning in this life right now. You decide to run from God, man, things are not going to be Okay, as a matter of fact, the title of today's message specifically is, I'm okay, they're okay. I'm okay, they're okay. And so here's Jonah, he's in this boat. We're going to read uh, verse, starting in verse uh, 4. This is what it says. But the Lord sent a strong wind on the sea. And the storm was so violent that the ship was in danger of breaking up. And the sailors were terrified. And cried out for help, and each one in, to his own God, it says. Then, in order to lessen the danger, they threw the cargo overboard. Okay, and if you're wondering what translation I'm reading from, is the Good News translation. So they threw the cargo overboard. M meanwhile, it says Jonah had gone below and was lying in the ship's hold, sound asleep. Sound asleep. The world is ending for people up top, and he is sound asleep in the bottom of the boat like nothing's happening. 
hey, I'm okay. They're okay. It's all good. As long as I'm napping, I'm good. That was Jonah. And then after that, it says the sailors said to each other, let's draw lots. Let's kind of, let's kind of figure out who's to blame for this thing. And they realized that, that it was Jonah. And so they're like, man, this guy Jonah, he's the one to blame. They get Jonah up there. They start asking him some questions. And, and he finally, Jonah finally is like, hey, listen, I'm a Hebrew. I serve God. God's the one doing this thing. God's, he's the one causing the storm because I'm running away from him. At least the man was honest. Right? He says, I'm the one that's to blame. I'm the one that's doing this. I'm the one that's causing this. And so skipping down to verse 12. I love it what the sailors said uh, around verse 10, 11. They're like, they're like, this is an awful thing for you to do. Like, like dude, you done screwed up pretty bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is why would you run from your God? And so it says the storm was getting worse. Verse 12, Jonah answered, throw me into the sea and it will calm down. I know it is my fault that you're caught in this violent storm. Instead, the sailors tried to get the ship to shore, rowing with all their might. But the storm was becoming worse and worse and they got nowhere. So they cried out to the Lord. This is so good right here. Check it out. So you got a bunch of sailors who, who, who before this were, were worshiping some other gods, some false gods. Now on this side of the story, I love what it says. They cried out to the Lord. They said, oh, Lord, we pray, don't punish us with death for taking this man's life. We're about to, we're about to get rid of this guy, but don't punish us for that. You, O Lord, are responsible for all this. It is your doing. Then they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and it calmed down at once. This made the sailors so afraid of the, of the Lord that they offered a sacrifice and promised to serve him. That's so good. So good. I don't know about you, but I can fall asleep just about anywhere. Just about anywhere I can fall asleep. I, I, my wife tells me, Carlos, you, like, it doesn't take you long to fall at night. As soon as my head hits a pillow, I'm asleep. I go to a doctor's waiting like, room. If, if I'm waiting more than five minutes, I'm asleep. Do I have people like that in here? Do you fall asleep anywhere? Okay. All right. And, and so this one occasion, I'm in a doctor's office, and, um, and, and they call, you know, they, I fill out the paperwork. It says, have a seat and wait. I go and wait. And, and there are a few people there. And just as I'm about to doze off, and especially if you get a seat that's like next to a wall and you can just lean your head, like cock it back like that, it's, it's game over, man. Like it's done. Like I'm, a, I'm asleep, you know. And so, so I, I, get, I get nice and comfy. I don't know how long this wait's going to be. And just as I'm about to doze off, the corner of my eye catches someone sitting to the left of me and it's a lady and she's just crying. She's crying, and I, I'm just like, oh, God, I really want to take a nap. I really want to take a nap right now. Like, no, I don't want to mess. Like, why? You, you ever been like that? Like, the guy's just like, you need, to, you need to go and do something about this. And so I, I was just like, okay, God. I, and so I got up, and I said, ma'am, are you okay? She said, no, I'm not okay. I, and, and we didn't go into detail as to the, the news that she was either going to get or had received. I, I don't know. But I said, ma'am, um, can, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, please. So I sat there next to her and 
we pray together, and by the end of the prayer, I'm crying too. But here's the thing that I noticed when I walked out of there. If I would have fallen asleep, I would have never caught that moment. If I would have fallen asleep, I would have never had the opportunity to share that time with her. I don't know her name. I don't, I don't think I even asked her name. But here's what I'm saying to you. It's time for us to wake up. Like, like, I get it. We had the pandemic. I get it. It was tough. I get it. It was a rough. I get it. Your fe- mental health. Man, listen, I'm still going to therapy. I'm not joking. I go to therapy twice a month. It's okay. It's all, well, let me, this is another message. Listen, we, we've got to, like, for real, like, 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 forget the stigma about mental health. If you're, like, no, listen, and this, I, I say this all the time. Every human being under the sun needs to see a counselor, a therapist, a psychologist, whatever. You need to see someone about your mental health if you haven't. I'm just telling you. You're like, I don't know. Listen, I am telling you, you do. You got trauma. If it's not from your childhood, it's from the last two years. You got PTSD. I don't care who you are. You got PTSD from the last two years. I promise you, you do. And so, so, here, so here's what I'm saying to you. It's, it's just like we've got to get to a place where we're, where we're taking care of it. We're allowing the Lord to take care of ourselves. We're reaching out to people to take care of us and help us. Because if we don't, we're going to keep reaching for the thing that we think is going to satisfy our thirst. We're going to keep saying, no, I just want to rest. I just want to go to sleep. I'm too tired. I'm exhausted. I'm fatigued. You know, COVID, the politics, the race thing, like I'm, the war, economy. I'm just going to go under and just go to sleep. Because I'm okay. They're okay. Forget them. And this is not the time. This is not the time to do that. I think this is the time where the church shines even brighter. I think this is the time when people of God, listen, if you're not a Christian in here today, I'm not talking to you. God bless you. I'm glad you're here. But I'm not talking to you. I hope this message, you get something from it. But if you're a person that follows Jesus, it's time to, to wake up. It's time to get up and be like, okay, let's get this. Let's go. Let's go. God, you got us through the COVID. God, you got us through the economy. God, I'm still breathing. God, I'm still alive. God, I still got a job. God, I'm still smiling. God, I'm still here. God, I live in San Diego. Come on, somebody. God, I am still here. It's time for me to do something. Yeah, put your hands together. It's okay. It's okay, early service. I get it. It's okay. You need some coffee. I don't know. But it's time. It's time. We can get so thirsty for comfort that we become blind to the storms in other people's lives. We can get so thirsty with our comfort and being protected and being good. But here's what I want to tell you. Good people need God too. Good people need God too. Because sin, sin doesn't make you bad. Can I just let you in on something? Sin does not make you a bad person. Sin makes you dead. It doesn't make you bad. Sin makes you dead, not bad. And good people need God too. And you know a lot of good people. I know you do. You work with them. You live next to them in your neighborhood. And so it's time for us to say, hey, man, they need God. They're thirsty. 
In moments of desperation, here's a few things I want to say to you. In moments of desperation, people look for God. You know they do. These sailors did. Man, we're about to die. There's a storm. Who can help us? Boom. There's Jonah. People are thirsty. And here's the thing. Desperation will lead people to adoration. It did for these sailors. All they need is somebody to be there and tell them, hey, listen, there's a God who loves you. There's a God who will take care of you. I know you're going through a storm. I know you're going through this right now. But can I, can I pray for you? Can I tell you God loves you? Hey, can I invite you to my church? Can I invite you to my small group? That's all it takes. One invite can change a person's life. I don't know, but my clock is at 24 minutes now. It wasn't 19 when I started. It's at 24 right now. Praise God. God is good. Okay. <laughs> That's a good thing for a pastor. I'm telling you. Like, hey, the, the clock is adding more time for me. That's good. Whoever's running it up there, you're awesome. Okay. Even when, we're, even when you're running from God and don't feel God or see God, I just want you to know. Because that was the case for Jonah. He was running from God. He was like, I don't want any piece of, any piece of that, God. I'm, I'm going my own way. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to go to preach, uh, preach to those people. Even when you're doing that, God is going to use you. So if you're sitting in this room and you're a Christian and you're like, I don't know if I want all that. I got to take care of myself right now. I'm looking for me right now. I don't want to preach to my neighbor. I don't want to tell my, my friend about Jesus. Guess what? God's going to use you anyway. Some way or another. So it's all good. Just relax. Can y'all, can everybody take a deep breath right now? I feel like everybody's holding their breath. Like just, if I'm for real. I'm like, I feel like everybody's, like, just take a deep breath. Just go take a deep breath in. Exhale. Nobody's doing that even. For real. Do it, do it with me. Do it with me. Take a deep breath in. Exhale. It's all good, people. It's all good. God loves you. This is just a little, this is just a little pep talk for you because, because we got something good that God's going to do. And we got to be ready for that, okay? A few practical things, a few practical things for you that I want to I wanna share. Number one, this is straight from the text, okay? Straight from the text. Get around others. Get around other people. Don't seclude yourself. I, and I, I get it. I know the last couple of years, isolation and, and six feet apart and all that mess, I get it. And now you're being really selective as to who you allow yourself to be around. I get it. I get it. Cool. Right? But don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself from your neighbors, from people you go to school with, people you work with. Don't isolate yourself from the people that God is showing you you need to be around. Don't isolate yourself. Put yourself around other people. Put yourself around other, other people. Um, one of our core values at our church is, um, is that we move into messes. We move into messes. That's one of our core values. Like that's, we value that at our church. And, and what does that mean? Is that we don't shy away from when we see somebody and their life is a mess. We don't go, man, that mess is too big for me. I'm not going to step into that. Because guess what? We have a Savior. We have a Jesus, is his name, who stepped into the reality of humanity to take care of the mess that we had made. To take care of your mess and my mess. He didn't shy away. So get around other people. I don't know if you're part of a small group here. I don't know if you're part of, uh, you know, if you're part of a serve team. There's, there's probably 
teams of people here who serve from worship to greeting to, you know, all the stuff that goes on at church. Get yourself plugged in and be a part of that. Serve with your people and get around others. Number two, number two, wake up, wake up. Just like, listen, I get it. I hate the alarm. How many of you hate the alarm when your alarm goes off in the morning? It's the most hideous sound. I think I could, it's just terrible. It's a terrible sound. I hate it. But I'm also a morning person because once I get up, I'm just loving getting up early. And so, like, here, here's what I want to say to you. Like, just we just got to wake up. We got to open up our eyes and look around and what's happening around us with people in our lives. We just got to wake up. You know, I think, I think the last couple of years have caused us to fall into, like, a, like a sleep, you know, like a sleep about, about what's going on around us. Um, I'm just going to say it, like, like the last couple of months, here's what I've noticed with our church. Um, this spirit of, of service is, 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 is like, it's very low. It's an all-time low. The spirit of servanthood, uh, altruism maybe, you can call it, right? And, and because everybody is so self-focused. Everybody is so focused on self right now. Like, I got to do me, y'all. Like, I got to do me. So I'm going to take my vacation. I'm going to actually make it extra long. I'm actually going to take multiple vacations back to back. So you're not going to see me for a while. Not just at church, but anywhere else for that matter. Hey, I got to do me right now. And you know what? Self-care is important. Do you. But you know, here's the thing. But you got to wake up to what's going on to people around you. We all do. We all do. And don't shy from it. God will take care of you. Last one, just do something crazy. Do something crazy. Do something crazy in your life. Now, I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, jumping off a cliff or anything. I mean, if you want to like go and hang glide and do like skydive, sure, do, do that. Crazy stuff. But, but no, I'm talking about just do something out of the normal for you. Do something crazy. Maybe it's with that coworker, right? And you never reached out to them and you never extended. They don't even know you're a Christian. Just go over there and be like, hey, listen, I, I noticed the other day, I don't mean to butt in or be like, but I noticed you were crying. Can, can I just pray for you right now? You don't even have to tell me what it is. Can I just pray for you? Just do something crazy. Go over to the neighbor, you know. This is something, I moved into a new neighborhood at the end of last year. And uh, nowadays, it's, kind of, it's crazy, but way back when, it was just kind of normal. And so I moved into this new house, and my neighbor across the street, Chuck, his name is Chuck, and his wife. Um, yeah, no, I love that name, Chuck. Anyway, every time I say, Chuck, you know, and so Chuck, uh, I move into the house, <laughs> and, and, and we're like, we're still unpacking boxes, and there's a knock at the door. And I'm like, who is that? Like, we literally, it's like our first night there. And, and I get to the door, and guess who it is? Chuck. It's Chuck. And he has a plate of chocolate chip, Chuck with the chocolate chip cookies. It was good. And so he has a plate full of chocolate chip cookies, and they're wrapped. And he said, hey, I'm Chuck. This is my, I forget his wife's name. So sorry, Chuck. And th th my wife and I baked these cookies, and we, we brought them over to you guys. Just want to say, welcome to the neighborhood. So good. Come on, put your hands together for that. Isn't that so good? He said, welcome to the neighborhood. I'm just like, man, Chuck, thank you. Got the cookies, shook his hand, talked for a while. Now guess what? Every time we see each other, we're talking, we're talking. We're talking. Hey, can I pray for you? Hey, what's going on with your life? Hey, do you see what I'm saying? 
all, and it was a plate of cookies, people. That's it. It wasn't the Bible verse. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was nothing like it was just like just a plate of cookies. And so do something crazy. Maybe you need to take a plate of cookies. I'll give you Chuck's number. Just kidding. I won't. Um, anyway, so, so do something crazy. I love what, what James says here. Suppose there are brothers or sisters who need clothes. This is James chapter 2. Suppose there are brothers or sisters who need clothes and don't have enough to eat. Um, he says, what good is there for you saying, God bless you, keep warm and eat well. He says, if you don't give them the necessities of life. So it is with faith. If it is alone and includes no actions, then it is dead. Dead faith. That's not what we want. That's not what we want. Do something crazy. Do something crazy. I'm going to wrap up with this story. Um, several years back, many years back actually, I was in Virginia for some training that, um, that I was doing. I was actually, uh, it was really cold. It was, yeah, it was crazy cold. There were people from all over the place um, there for this training. I was there for two months. This is, this is 10, 12 years back. More than that, actually. Yeah, more than that. Um, people from the Caribbean, Central America, Europe. They're here at this training. Two months were there. And, and we met, like, some amazing people, amazing people. And, and it's the last day of this training, and we're going out. Like to dinner somewhere. And, and after dinner, great dinner, had a great time. Just kind of one last hoorah, right, before everybody goes back home. And I remember we're walking back and it was in the winter. It was snowy and it was cold. And we're all walking back and laughing and cracking up. And, man, I'm going to miss you, man. And, and I don't know how the conversation went this way. But one of the guys uh, from, from the Caribbean, he was from, from Jamaica, uh, and he had two buddies. We, we were all just walking together. There's a group of other people walking in front of us. And, and, and we started talking. He starts sharing about his home situation. Two months, okay, we've been together. He starts sharing about his home situation and what he's going back to. The poverty. The fact that his daughter has an illness that he really can't get medicine for back home. And we start talking about, and he starts to cry. Because this is his reality going back home. And I remember, I was like, oh yeah, here it is. This is the Jesus moment. All right, it's coming. I feel it welling up inside of me. And so like, you know, we're talking and, and then I'm like, man, I know this guy. His name is Jesus. And he's so good. And he's going to take care of those problems in Matthew chapter 2. And, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, man, this is good. And I remember he let me talk. And we got to the door of, of our dorm. And he just looked at me. And he said in a very Jamaican tone that I'm not going to try to replicate. He, he just looked at me and said, man, you're stingy. He said, you're stingy. And I was, for real, I was like, what? What's, I'm going to drop this guy right now. Calling me stingy. Like, I just shared Jesus with you, fool. <laughs> you know? And he said, you're stingy. And I said, what are you talking about, bro? I was kind of mad. I was kind of mad. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, 
I've been with you for two months. And this is the first time you tell me about Jesus. So you're stingy. And he walked off. May New Vintage Church never be a stingy church with Jesus. People are thirsty. I get it. You're thirsty too. I get it. But you got a well to drink from. You got Jesus, the living water. Drink him up. Don't go for the big gulp. Drink him up. Because if you're not drinking him up, you won't be able to fill others up. Drink him up. Let me pray for us right now. Father, I pray at this moment, Lord, your Holy Spirit, as your Holy Spirit's been moving in this place, in this room, your word has been proclaimed. We've worshiped you, God. We just want to say you are a good father. You're a good God. And right now, this morning, I pray you, you just shake us up. You wake us up. You, you, you help us open our eyes to, to the season of, 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 of the life that we have right now, the season in the world, in our culture, in our city, that you allow us to see the season that that people are in around us from friends and family members and co-workers and neighbors. Father, open up our eyes to who you are. Open up our eyes. And Father, if we've been people who have been stingy, God, we ask for forgiveness right now. God, if we've been people who have just closed our eyes and our ears to your call, forgive us. We repent, God, and give us open eyes and open ears, open hearts, God, to people who need you right now. People are going to everything, reaching for everything but you. May we be people who are at the right time and at the right place, ready to have a right conversation. And the right conversation isn't jamming the Bible down people's throats. No, it's just loving people well with a plate of cookies. And so, Father, right now we ask that you cleanse us of anything that's been going on inside of us. If there are people here in this room right now who, who know or are dealing with mental health issues or spiritual issues, God, help us to do something about it. Talk to a pastor here. Talk, talk to a therapist. Talk to somebody, a friend. Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, don't let people leave this room the same. Lastly, I want to pray, God, for people who don't know your son, Jesus. If you're in this room and, and you don't know Jesus, man, he, he's so good. And I don't say that because the Bible says that I say it because he's been good in my life. He's fresh water. And if you haven't said yes to him and at this moment you're feeling a call to, here's what I want to help you with. The Bible says that our walk with you, God, is, is a process. It's a journey. And, but it begins with a first step. It begins with a first move towards you. And, and a lot of times that's motivated by faith. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus, but right now you're being motivated by faith, you're mo being motivated by, 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 by your heart being drawn to God, I want to just lead you in a prayer. If that's you, would you just pray with me? Jesus, I give you my life. I say yes. I give you my life. It's not 
the last conversation you'll have with God. But it's definitely the first. And so right now, God, we offer you this worship. We offer you this time. Help us to be alert and awake to the storms that's going on around us. And lastly, just help us with our storm. Help us with the fear we feel inside, the anxiety, the fatigue, the pain and sorrow, God, the anxiety, the guilt and shame. We turn them over to you, Jesus. Take them. Take them. Take them. We pray this in Jesus' name.